Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. It's Thursday, June 8th, 2023. Putting this out a little bit early. It's a hazy day today. We're getting the smokes from the fires in northern Ontario and Quebec here in Ontario at the bee farm. And the bees are looking a little weird. I noticed yesterday they were they were collecting pollen, pollen and nectar, but they were a little itchy, a little on the itchy side. And it's quite hazy today and, and had a look at the video hive and uh, 24-7 webcam. And they were really sort of looked a little unnerved if you will still bringing in pollen and nectar because that's what they do and you have to i mean you know that you know fire and smoke is something that we use when we go into a hive because it it gets them to you know blocks the pheromones and and for a few seconds and gets them to um, not try to sting you or get them upset and um, also i use it somewhat to get the queens to move so we don't crush them or move them or roll them when we pull out a frame if we have to check the hive for something. But when it's constantly on as it is now, it really sends the message to the bees that they could be in danger, which puts them in a stress mode. When, And we know that stress isn't good for any of us, let alone um, um, bees. So it's important to realize that um, they still do what they do, which is go out and collect pollen, nectar, as we do when we're you know, under stress. We still go to work. We still do things we have to do. But not to mention that it could have an impact on our health. So we really don't know what it's going to do to the bees, uh, whether it will impact their, you know, survivability or will some will choose to move, which, you know, traditionally what would happen is if a, if a forest caught on fire, the bees would get the sense that's happening, grab as much honey as they can and swarm out with the queen so that they could survive. And we'll have to see if we see any bees, you know, swarming unnecessarily because really having closely watched all of our hives it doesn't appear to be the case that uh, any of them are set to swarm or have any uh, swarm cells created or anything of such so if they do leave it'll be with everybody in the hive and they're headed out to uh, look for a better place to live a couple of fascinating things i find with um with human nature and uh, and, and it's really linked to what we do with the honeybees it's really difficult i think for us as humans to look beyond what we think is is a structure that we're comfortable with and regardless of the evidence that's out there that we that you know sort of stares us right in the face we still seem to have a problem even considering the possibility of that truth and a couple times when i've I've talked about bees and people say well, what are you doing with your bees i just say well we're, we're doing our natural approach and and you know of course some of them get skeptical and i say well just cuba just google cuba thinking that that's all i need to say that people will look at that and say hmm 20 plus years without any treatment for anything and they have the largest you know uh, natural bee population of any country in the world apparently and there's also natural bees obviously in in um in Seeley's work in cornell university around there the forest and also in texas and and there's all kinds of people doing work with natural beekeeping and how is that possible well just just you don't have to do it just open your mind to think about it 
and then and then to, and then you hear people who who just are so negative on any type of um, you know positive outlook on things, and we have to be positive because it, there's a great deal to be positive about. But they they even because at Invest Like a Honeybee, we have a Facebook page and, and we have a page where we provide information about our um, ten rules of the hive that are linked to financial success and. People just won't even consider it. That some of the comments. I mean, I even did a little blog saying, "Look, if you don't have anything positive to say, don't say anything because we don't care. I don't really care. It doesn't have an impact on me." Um, and then today I heard something about you know the problem is um, trying to uh, you know people who who are so negative and so critical and and, and don't have a um, a positive thought when it comes to certain topics are very much like donkeys. And uh, one person said to me, well, you're the idiot who's trying to talk to donkeys because donkeys don't listen. And so I, I have a hard time with that because I always think that if we're able to impact knowledge that can help someone have a better life, that that's kind of a responsibility. But now I realize that in many situations, for whatever reasons, and it's not mine to, but people just don't want to listen and consider it. And they don't want a better life. And that's okay, that's their choice. But then when they cross over and they uh, make negative comments, I just delete them or ban them. And I, it doesn't cause, I don't think the heart rate goes up a tick anymore uh, because I realize there's no helping. And, and when, you're, when you're with donkeys, don't try to convince them of something because you're the idiot, not them. So that's sort of one of the lessons I learned from the bees. Now let, let's flip back to what's happening on the farm. And so I went out uh, yesterday when there was a break in the haze and uh, did a lot of videos because I was out looking at the splits we had done. And if you remember, I'll give you a bit of history. So this is our fourth year in the project. This is our second year uh, with the current group of bees. Some of the bees are in their third year or they just completed their second winter. And so what's happening is we came out of the winter with, um, well, first of all, we had uh, 13 hives, and we ended up with going into the winter with last year with about 29, I believe, came out with 25, 25 hives, and then we had um, some swarms this year, and those swarms pretty much replaced the five we lost, lost some in the spring, and then through splits, we got up to 47 hives till recently. And two of the splits I did did not um, move through to the queen. We had that cold spell after the first batch of, of, uh, of splits. And I did walk away, or no-look splits, as I like to call them. And so two, two of them didn't make it. So I was out yesterday just checking the other hives because uh, many of them were in nukes. And... All of the nukes that we had last year, but one, so we had five five-frame nukes going into the winter, and four came out of the winter. No feeding, no treatment, nothing. So they just, we're talking five frames of bees and honey and everything, and some of them were in the middle of our farm field. They weren't hidden on anything. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And then all of the nukes that we had, that we had put... Um, a five frame on top of a five frame, so that basically it was 10 frames, but it was vertical instead of horizontal. They all survived. So this year we're going to be doing that model a bit more and we're going to be putting 
um, top boxes. My goal was to put top boxes on the splits so that there's five and five. And so I went around doing that the other day, and it was just fascinating to see the different pace of the queens in each hive, how they were uh, just, you know, in a different sort of frame of mind, the personality of the bees, because this is, for most of them, this is the only time they're opened up until next spring. So it was quite fascinating to see what was happening. There are certainly bees that are at a different pace, if you will. Uh, it was interesting. I opened up the aggressive. If you remember last year, we had that aggressive hive that I took to the back of our forest and put it back there and then split it. Uh, the hive survived as did the split. And so I split it... Um, again this year and when I opened up that hive that I had split it was a little nasty but it may have been the smoke I'm not sure I have a feeling though it had to do with the personality which I'm okay with um, so all of the we have 45 hives now and they're all very strong and they're out doing their thing and and uh, we'll see how many make it to the fall uh, haven't seen robbing yet we have so many flowers and that's the other thing I want to do today is just sort of quickly go through and give you there's so many different wildflowers flowers now on the farm that um that it's just it's just incredible there's gray dogwood starting to bloom we have a great deal of foxglove beard tongue all over the farm multi-floral roses allegheny blackberry and i've talked before about fiddle neck and slender yellow wood sorrel and on top of that, we have uh, yellow sweet clover that we had planted some years ago. It's coming back. We have alsic clover. We have hairy vetch. Uh, with trees, we, we, we continue to see the, the locust trees. So it's, it's just, you know, it's quite fascinating when you look at the variety of flowers now that the bees have that they're able to access. And, and pretty soon, I know it's the... The weed police's dreaded <laughs> purple thistle, which is going to be helpful. We haven't had rain in probably three or four weeks now, and it's supposed to rain this weekend, which would be great for the clovers and, and actually uh, bring on some more uh, of the other wildflowers. So I am about 95% sure that the key to honeybee survival is habitat. Um, I don't believe it's as, you know, once you take care of the moisture, which we put the um, wood shavings at the top so to absorb the moisture in the winter. Uh, you take care of the moisture, give them a place to stay with the proper food. I think you have the, one of the best chances to help bees survive naturally. So it's, it's, it has to be habitat, I think. And there's a, I've talked about the University of Michigan study that's come out and talked about that as well. So with honeybees, habitat seems to be the most important thing. So I'm Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. Let's hope these... Uh, Hazy smokes, um, clouds stop soon, and people are safe to return to their homes wherever they may be in Canada, um, as well as the United States. I hear there's going to be there are some problems there too with uh, wildfires, fires. Please be careful. Uh, the majority of the wildfires set in Nova Scotia were done by humans. So, whether it's bonfires or people burning stuff or just flicking cigarettes, which I still have a hard time believing, most of it was human. They say it wasn't lightning. It was caused by humans. And um, we just need to be, you know, we need to find some of that common sense. This is Hank for the Wallflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing day. We'll talk again next time. To learn more about how honeybees can help you 
in your investing and personal life, go to investlikeahoneybee.com. There you'll learn how listening to the honeybees helped us in so many ways and can help you. investlikeahoneybee.com